Blog Talk Radio. Hope you're blessed with good weather. It's been nice this in Ohio, even though we kind of need some rain. Too late to water the plants in my garden from my house. But uh, at any rate, thank y'all for tuning in to the Clown Hour. This is your boy, your host, Scott Burks. I am also the creator of the sports ball called The Clown Times. That's Clown spelled with K. You can find me on web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Just do a search in the upper left-hand corner, whether you're on your smartphone, laptop, desktop. Just type in the clown time. Again, that's clown spell with K. You'll find me there as well. Got a lot to get into this evening. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff going on this weekend in the world of sports, including, um, you know, Mike Gundy, like, to what he said in his subsequent apology, as well as uh, Kyle Weatherman and his decision to have a Blue Lives Matter painted on his NASCAR uh, racing car, as well as the NBA drama of um, of actually, um, what I'm trying, trying to say. Uh, <laughs> I got so much in my mind, I got a little time to say it. Um, basically, the struggles are coming back into the uh, forefront in terms of restarting the season. Kyrie Irving has some doubts and objections. Uh, LeBron is countering and all that stuff, so, so we'll get into that. And last but not least, we'll cap it off with some talk about some possible HBCU uh, football conference realignment with my beloved North Carolina NT Aggies moving to the Big South in 2021, joining Hampton University, another HBCU, as well as Florida A&M Central Conferences 2 um, uh, from the MEAC to the, the SWAC, the Southwest Athletic Conference. And to help me break all that down is my man, my my ace, you know, I'm from Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night, and as well as the creator of the, the sports blog, the Yard slash HBCU Sports, where I saw all things HBCU Sports, and as a contributor to HeroSports.com, the one and only Dwayne Nash is back in the house. D. Nash, how you doing, brother? Scott, I am doing wonderful this rainy Wednesday here in the district. How about yourself? <laughs> rainy? Oh, wow. We need some of that rain, brother. I'm... I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, the weather's nice for a change. Uh, I don't. I never think it's all that humid here. Growing up in the South, you know, I laugh at typically laugh at people here in Ohio who think that you know it's all humid and sticky. Blah blah blah. Heat wave. Blah blah blah. Boo hoo hoo. I always tell them, you know, if you if you you if unless you spend the North Carolina summer with me, you have no business talking about any type of humidity and or heat. So no, that's how I not at all in that conversation. And it does get really hot in D.C. I do know that from my years in D.C. as well. And, and I was going to say, for whatever reason, 
Oh, yeah. And, and I was just about to say, for whatever reason, throughout my entire life, I've decided to spend my days in some of the most humid places on the East Coast, in D.C., North Carolina, and the city of Charleston. So, yeah, I, oh, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> you look I really don't. You're going for punishment. That's what it is. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. It has to be. Speaking of being a going for punishment, you know, we, we've been talking the last couple of weeks, man, of like the last few weeks since the unfortunate murder of George Floyd has mm-hmm. been a continuing of racial awakening here in, in the United States of, uh, of America, a great country of ours that we're proud to be called Americans. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, you've seen the shift of our white brothers and sisters coming to our defense, supporting us as, as black people, and other people mm-hmm. for that matter. Uh, more people supporting the Black Lives Movement, seeing it for what it is, uh, combating mm-hmm. against police brutality. Um, and, you know, and which led to people, young people, mind you, wanting to get rid of, like, rid things of a racist past, like, you know, statues been toppled, and rightfully so. There's no, why, why do we have the need to have Confederate statues? I would never know to this day. Um, you know, I think they got rid of Virginia. And uh, they get they they talk about moving more statues and I, I, and I think I mentioned this last week in passing but you know with Jerry Richardson's statue being moved, yes mm-hmm. even though it was moved for quote unquote safety reasons by Mike Tepper but something tells me he was looking for an excuse to 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 get rid of that monstrosity you know and and, and, and you know and, and I still can't get over the fact that former owner of the Carolina Panthers his his actions were so heinous. The allegations were heinous, and it had to be so bad, he didn't even try to fight the NFL when the NFL wanted to take the team from him. No. He never. He didn't fight no. it. He didn't fight it. That's how bad it was. <laughs> His sexism <laughs> and racism was so bad that the NFL, he didn't fight the NFL for taking the team away from him. They, they made him sell the team. And, so, and, then, the, and then remember the, um, the stipulation upon selling to Mike Tepper is that he would keep the statue. And well, I'm pretty well, sure Tepper, being the rich dude that he is, found a loophole, and he used the excuse of the protesters in Charlotte to enact said loophole and tear the whole damn thing down. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> hey, whatever so, works. I, mean, they, I know they said that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. And I said whatever works. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say they said Tepper said he was gonna move it to an undisclosed location. Let me translate that for you. He's going to move to foul 13, wherever that foul 13 is. So, you know, you know, for those of you who, young people who don't know what foul 13 is, Google. You'll thank yes. me later. Um, but all that leads to people being called out in, in athletics. Um, mm-hmm. You hear, heard about that guy at um, a student coach in Iowa who was broken off or saying some racially sensitive things and leading to the head coach of Iowa football team, uh, Mike Ferentz, apologizing mm-hmm. and, and vowed to do more and be more aware. Fine, cool. Then you move to the University of North Carolina where Mac Brown, football coach, and basketball coach Roy Williams were both very adamant and very supportive of the Black Lives Movement and of, and of equal rights. And mm-hmm. good for them, right? David Cutcliffe, the football coach at Duke, same thing, very vocal. Um, 
Then he moved to Clemson, South Carolina. We all know what Dabo Swinney did and did not say. And yeah. you know, kudos to his quarterback, uh, 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 Trevor Lawrence, for stepping up and doing the right thing well before more people started doing so and calling mm-hmm. out a group of uh, police brutality versus inequality and a few people on this football team. And um, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins calling for, I think, the student center or some major building on campus named after, after Calhoun, who was a slaveholder. And Clemson University is built on slaveholder land. Yes. Um, and so they made – I think they're in the process of if, that, if, uh, if, if they hadn't done so already – taking their name off of that, whatever they're they're, they're talking about on campus. But, and then also, um, Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma's coach, um, his name slips the schism right now, but he said a lot of positive things in in, in support of Black Lives Matter and support of his his black uh, 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 athletes, his his, his, uh, players. But his counterpart at Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, you know, the same guys like, come out for me. I'm a man. I'm 40, that guy, which yes. still is one of the most epic brands I've ever heard in my life. Um, one of my all-time favorites. He, it was great. It was great. I, hey, I still play to this day. It, it, it was awesome. But he, he, he stepped in it when he wore a T-shirt for OAN, which stands for One American News, which went public uh, over the weekend. And, you know, wow. those of you who don't know what OAN is, it stands for, what well, I said earlier, One, One American News. It's a far-right news network that has been known to promote conspiracy theories. Offensive itself also is a place for a pro-Trump audience that mm-hmm. believes other conservative news outlets, such as Fox News, have become too mainstream. So, in other words, they're, they're very, yes. very far extreme. Very exactly. far extreme. I think it makes Braybart blush. That's how far right <laughs> OAN is. But anyway, this is also the same OAN who's on air telling a young lady who, even if I remember her now, wouldn't speak it, has been so critical of the Black Lives Matter movement that called it, um, oh, God. So basically, he, she called it a farce. She called the Black Lives Movement a farce. That's the exact mm. She called it a farce. She, she she tried to clarify that and say, I don't, of course I think black lives do matter. And we talk about the movement, which still, it's just as bad. But anyway, so that's what this T-shirt that Mike Gundy wore. Mm-hmm. And, and, and led the photo leak over the weekend, during this time of racial awakening and, and chaos and turmoil. So even if he, even, even either way, it was just bad optics at the very least. So running back Chubba uh, Hubbard, who is a, was a player of the year last year in the Big 12 and could have turned pro if he wanted to, but decided to come back for a senior year, he was very, very pissed off, right? Mm-hmm. So this is essentially Gundy's best player, who, by the way, I didn't mention that he's the nation's leader in Russia last season. But in addition to Hubbard coming out and calling him out on social media, many of the current and players – voice their concerns about Gundy. And it said that a player who played with Shannon Sharp in Denver, he played at Colorado State when uh, Gundy played at Oklahoma State. Remember, like, like uh, so Gundy played quarterback. He was a starting quarterback at Oklahoma State. His thing was the late 80s. Um, but anyway, long story short, well, mid to late 80s. But, but long story short, um, 
he was giving it to him that day. Give, like he sat like Gundy like at least a couple of times, and they just kicked his ass up and down the field. And it was alleged that Gundy called the player an N word. He called him down, mm-hmm. and 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 you Shannon Sharp. He called around to verify. And this some this is not something that you make up, especially a guy in his fifties now. Um, yeah. But people around him said confirmed that was true, even though Gunny denied it vehemently over the years. So this is who we're dealing with. Okay, this is who we're dealing with. And so Gundy, apparently he and Hubbard had a, had talked, feared to work some shit out. You know, and then he apologized, he being Gundy apologized again in a um a video which similar to Roger Goodell, he looked like he was a he was a hostage. <laughs> he looked like he was a little <laughs> hostage sitting in front of the camera reading it. So he read his apology on camera. But to me, you know, maybe I'm just being too harsh. You know, they probably not, but anyway, to me, any apology just from the heart, like like heartfelt apology comes from the heart. You don't have to, shouldn't have to read it. No. But he claims that he didn't know what Orion was, well, not didn't know, but he said clearly he was flipping around the challenge and he found Orion and spoke to his politics, blah, blah, blah trying to defuse the situation and but come on and it's not about a t-shirt if we know who OAN is it's not necessarily just a t-shirt it's about what he believes and the fact that he's been coaching these kids for so many years and you know alleged stuff going on when this current and former players didn't even bat Gundy at least people bat Dabo as clumsy as Dabble was trying to navigate through this, throughout the situation, at least a, yes. a lot of players support him, current and former players, like, still support him. Mm-hmm. And he did, and Dabble at least did participate in the Black Lives Matter rally, like, over, like I think over the weekend in, in Clemson, South Carolina, even though wearing a black um, Clemson Tigers T-shirt. But nevertheless, at least he's likable to his former players, current players. That's what I'm trying to say. But for Gunny, for not to get any type of support, that has to speak volumes, man. So, what? You know, Gunny signed a decision recently. I don't think it's going to be broken up because I don't think Oklahoma State has the money to, to buy him out of his contract. But how crazy is this, man? How, how crazy is this? I'll say this it's very crazy. Now, to your point, first and foremost, about OAN. Once again, for those of you who are unfamiliar, and you like you said, they're further right uh, uh, than Fox News is. If you think that Fox News lobs softballs to to, uh, to our current president, they lost wiffle balls. So much so yeah. that one of the press conferences during the pandemic, when our president was accused of being racist for referring to the uh, coronavirus uh, as as being from China. A question right. was asked: If you were to, would you be racist if you referred to Chinese food as Chinese food? Would you be racist oh, then? No, no, I am not. That is a legit question that was asked <laughs> oh, during uh, a presser um, in the White House. Yes. Um, so it goes to my point. Now, you, it, it, it kind of does go back to what you wear. You have to be very cognizant of what you put on your body. 
it, mm-hmm. be it you know what it is or what you don't know what it is. So either you're, you're, you're very dumb, and if you're a 50-year-old man and you're just completely ignorant of what you put in your body, that's concerning of me. Now, if you're a troll like me, I actually own a Reagan uh, <laughs> Bush 84 T-shirt. Wore it one time. That was probably the last time I ever wore it, wear it because of the reaction that I received <laughs> from black women that day. That's a whole other conversation uh-huh. for another day. But, you know, uh-huh. for people who are jerks like me and do stuff like that, yeah, sure. But, no, he didn't look like he was being a jerk in that situation. He was like he was extremely comfortable wearing that T-shirt. And if you're telling me that you weren't cognizant of, of what that organization was, this speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. But if you do know, stick to your guns and say that that's what you watch and that's who you are. I get it. I understand right. that. It is up to your right. players at that point to, to, to have a come-to-Jesus moment with themselves and figure out, is Oklahoma State the place for me to play football and continue my collegiate right. career? Now, Chubba, they said right. Chubba had a conversation with Gundy, and they hashed things out. If anything, Chubba probably realized, okay, I want to go ahead and, and, and get to the league ASAP. I don't want to go ahead and have to go into the transfer portal, sit out this year, wait till next year right. to go into the draft and, 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 and try right. to get drafted. No, I want to try to get this done ASAP, and I'll just go ahead and suck this season up and deal with it. Had he been a little bit younger, he probably would have transferred. But being in this situation sure right he now, he's probably like, yeah, he's probably like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stick this out, deal with this, and, and the season will be over faster than, than, than I can blink. So it is what it is. But for once again, going right. back to that apology, now <laughs> I didn't hear the apology. I just saw the screenshot. And the screenshot enough made me think to myself, hmm, I don't know if I believe this, dog. Because of his facial expression, mm-hmm. like you said, if you have to read an apology, to me it's not heartfelt. Yeah. I completely am in lockstep with you on that. And if it's not heartfelt, then it's not sincere to me, dude. And, and, and I just better off you not even give it to me and you just stick to your guns and you are who you are and I can respect you for who you are that way. And, and you know what? You know matter what? Fact, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. no, so no, no, no say, you finish your thought, bro. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, don't just apologize to me. Show me in your actions. You have an entire football right. season to show me that you believe otherwise or that you think otherwise. You could do that. Cool. I can respect you as a man for that because I don't. I don't need. I don't need to like you. I just need to respect right. you enough for, in this case, just to get through this season and be done with you. But at least yeah. allow me to have more respect for you than just this year. Show me what you believe, and we can move on from there. You know what? I was, I was to bring it back to what you just said. I would even as clumsy as I, I mentioned Dabble for a reason earlier, even as clumsy mm-hmm. as he handled it, he spoke from the heart. He, he try, yeah. He's clumsy. He's clumsy trying to understand. I think he understands. He, I think he doesn't want to piss off his make the majority of his constituents, if you will, his fan mm-hmm. base. But still, you know, at least he didn't read it. At least he didn't. Come. One thing you could say about Dabo, you, you, he, you, you, like you can't say he's fake. You can't say he's fake. He's, he, as clumsy, again, as clumsily as he's handled things, at least it mm-hmm. was he can. 
At yeah. least it came from his heart the best way he knew how. He participated in the damn Black Lives Matter rally. Again, he gave a kind of clumsy speech, but at least he's trying with his actions. So let's put it that way. Yeah. At least he's mm-hmm. really going to try. Um, you know, but, I mean, come on, Gundy. Really? I mean, this, this is why I always say, I'd rather know who I'm dealing with. There's this, if there's a civil lining of who's mm-hmm. in the White House right now, by the way, I like what you did there when you said White House. Um, when you, like, <laughs> like we were talking about OEM. Um, I like what you did there. But at least uh, the civil line about his ass being in the White House is at least people coming out the woodwork as a result of this, at least I know who I'm now dealing with. People I've known for years. From college, mm-hmm. from childhood, I'm like, oh, you really feel this way? Really now? And so, you know, even 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 though they can always come back with their, well, I had your friend for many years, and your brother, and your family, blah, blah, blah. You can miss me with that bullshit. I mean, that's just throwing you from your racist actions. I mean, we all know that, right? But mm-hmm. still, like, the point being is that at least it's, Say what you want about the dabble. At least he's being sincere. And at yes. least he's trying. When you right hear statements coming from Gundy and his body language, dude's more sorry that he got caught. He's sorry that it's blowing up in his face. He's sorry that this um, his players are probably going to lead a mutiny against his ass. He's probably sorry mm-hmm. that he's, he was verge of, he still may be on the verge of losing his job, if mm-hmm. that has been correct. But um, and, and even Drew Brees, I'll give Drew Brees credit for this. This is why I wrote a column about a couple of weeks ago saying I, I kept, I'm leaning towards, towards forgiving him. At least he spoke from his heart and he's trying. He recognized mm-hmm. he stepped in it, even though he should have known better because of his fan base, the players that hangs, he hangs with, does community work with, and who he's doing community work for, Right, uh, in the past in New Orleans, that hurt. Even that 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 still to this day hurt more than anything else. Because if anything, we thought he was one of us. But anyway, the the point is, is that at least he's trying. At least he spoke from the heart. I don't think Gunny is. I think Gunny again is doing this out of convenience, and he still didn't. He didn't apologize in the video he did with Hubbard, even though he apologized later in like uh like hostage style, but. Still, you know, I just, I, I just think that, again, as I mentioned earlier, we're in the midst of a racial awakening in this country, where a lot mm-hmm. of the white brothers and sisters are being finally seeing what we've been screaming about for the past four hundred one years. You know, and you know, when it comes to police brutality or systematic racism, white supremacy, whatever, they're finally seeing it. The vast majority of them, more so now than ever before. And, you know, again, this comes from the civil line of, like, an unfortunate murder at the hands of the police in Minneapolis, of all places. But still, you know, all this is going to lead is similar to, like, a Me Too moment, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what hashtag it has, but it's similar to, like, a Me Too moment where all these guys and some, some, some ladies were, like, stuff were coming out about them in their sexual uh, assault and other, like, improprieties. So you're gonna have a lot of this, and and and, when, and, and, and some tells me we're far from being done with it. Some not more shit's gonna come out. We're not done with this at all. No, we, some it's gonna come out. So it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I will come on this. We're going to talk about HBCUs later in the podcast, but I think players need to realize how much power they have, and I mm-hmm. think they can exercise that power by at least considering or threatening to go to HBCUs. It's like, okay, you treat us like shadow, like like um, like property. Not I don't say property because I don't like compare anything to slavery, but you treat us like commodities. Let's put it that way. You treat us like 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 prized commodities. And you know what am I go? What what am I to you once I leave the school? Or what if I didn't have the talent to help you win football or basketball games? And so you seeing a you seeing the coaches surrounding the school and it like like. Like it's kind of like uh, the Clemson's, uh, uh, I think, position coach repeating the N word to a, a black player, or calling him out for using that against another black player. Um, which again, I don't care how the N word is used. I hate the word. I don't use it. I try not to use it. But two young men use it against each other doesn't give you outside of race or ethnicity to say it. No, it, it, even if it's in the moment, it, you don't say that. We just don't say it. Right, but stuff like that, you're gonna have more shit come out. But still, if you, if for these young people who want to be in safe spaces, not being harassed by the police, not not seeing their fellow black students being treated like shit over in and around campus, I'm telling you, and I'm saying they'll solve the world's problems. But at least they'll get that get like considering HBCU seriously would surely get these coaches' attention, especially mm-hmm. those who out yet or don't plan on speaking out I'm just saying I'm just saying now uh, Scott I'll get to that statement in just a moment first and foremost let me yeah. allow your listeners to understand this right I don't mind if you have a different view than me we're sure. people we're all going right. to have different views of thought right Absolutely. if we stick to your guns with me and, you know, if, right. if you want to have a conversation about what you feel and how you feel and you question some of the things that I feel, we can have that conversation like men, talk it right. out. And even if we come to an impasse and we still disagree, as long as we're not being insulting to one another, we can walk away as gentlemen or as adults and still disagree. I'll still respect you, you respect me, as long as that's given. My mm-hmm. thing is, right. man, don't don't try to see you see why a your way out of this. Don't try to cover your ass just to get out of this without being scathed. Deal with what you gotta right. deal with and, and handle it the, like a man. <clears throat> but to your point, if these student athletes feel uncomfortable, they can do exactly what this young lady, Asia Todd, formerly of Liberty, has just recently done. Yeah. She entered yes. the transfer portal last week because she felt as though that Liberty University, a Christian university, has been very <laughs> insensitive as it pertains to racial issues as of recent. And when she made her announcement, she was wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. I thought that was very fitting. Um Mm-hmm. And, and and it's just something that, like you said before, it is an option. Uh, I, I say go where you're comfortable. Yes, I would love to see you come to an HBCU, but I say go where you're comfortable. 
And I'll right. say this. Yeah, you'll be comfortable at an HBCU. If you are uh, if you are black, you will be comfortable there. And, and that whole concept of, you know, I want to go to where I'm going to be seen. Dude, if you're good, they're going to see you. They're going to see right. you. And a lot of these athletes are starting to realize that over the past couple of years through various sports, we've had several three, four, and even five-star athletes start to make their way to HBCUs. Some even more are starting to consider it. So I just want you to, to realize, student athletes out there that are listening, hey, if you feel uncomfortable in your soul, man, think that through and do what you need to do for what is best right. for you. <clears throat> yeah, and players, college athletes, they have a lot of power if they realize it. They can a tell lot it. of power. Mm-hmm. They have a whole lot of power. They have a whole hell of a mm-hmm. lot of power. And it's your point about the HB not going to have the gold age to consider on the HBCUs. That's very true because, again, I mentioned college coaches who have been very open and supportive mm-hmm. of these athletes and, and fighting white supremacy, excuse me. Like John Tyler Perry another one has been very outspoken. Yes. Um, from 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 Kentucky, um, so it's been many coaches. Um, you know, I mentioned OU's coach earlier, Oklahoma football coach earlier, and Ohio State coach has been very outspoken and very mm-hmm. supportive. So you see in a lot of places with enlightened coaches and other human beings running the, who who are big on who have a say on campus, who have influence, powerful white men. With influence coming to uh, to support of black people and trying to end white supremacy, you know, and trying to fight systemic racism and show support for the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, it's it, it, it's great to see that. So again, you, you said it earlier; these players have power and have a whole lot of options to exercise that power. A and whole so, lot of options, you know. And you, you can so you can go their environment that at PWIs at predominantly white institutions, they are very welcome. They're all out there. Mm-hmm. They're all out there. So hey, you know, it, it, so as long as focus like Mike Gundy saying stupid stance and and doing stupid shit, you know, uh, you know, that's hey, it's out there. I'm I'll be surprised. I know that I know the bow is pretty huge for Mike Gundy. Again, he just signed an extension over the off season. It's, it's some groundswell from powerful people around an Oklahoma State program to get his ass out of there. And I think he knows that. It's not like he's lighting the world on fire. I mean, he, he, he has Oklahoma State as a competitive program, but, but still. And, and I know it's hard, hard to recruit there than it is, harder to recruit there than it is to, at Oklahoma. But, but still, I mean, it's, he knows his ass is on the hot seat. And it's going to be very interesting when the players come back to campus and start resuming practices in a few weeks, um, it's going to be interesting how they receive this dude. Mm-hmm. Because this, these pictures depend because there's a guy, there's a very, there's a very influential booster at Oklahoma State by the name of T. Boom Pickens. And, and mm-hmm. I think he, I think he, but his family, his family still has a lot of money. Um, and he's still, um, yeah, he passed last year. He his, his family still owns a lot, of, has a lot of money, and still has considerable amount of influence. And so, 
it was said that he wasn't too sold on Gundy as well. Like this was like the previous couple few years. So who knows? But it's going to be very interesting to see, like, to see to see the the situation still with Oklahoma unfold in the off season. Um, speaking of people who appear to be in tone deaf, let's move to NASCAR. Now we all know that NASCAR taking some huge steps in the right direction. Steps that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. First of all, Neither did call I. For the removal of the Confederate flag effective mm-hmm. immediately a couple of weeks ago. Having this, its drivers produce a video similar to what the black quarterbacks did in the NFL and players. Uh, like, and it's, it's like not well, I know they didn't ex- explicitly say the NASCAR drivers black lives not matter, but they called for more equality and the end of racism. They they really called for that, and which I thought was awesome. Um, and then you know, Bubba Wallace, the only the sports only black major black driver. Uh, for Patty Enterprises, no less, uh, like have a Black Lives Matter 43 car, which I don't know if Rednecks, by, by and large, are having heart attacks and seizures watching that race. But anyway, um, <laughs> on this car, but this leads us to Kyle Weathers. Kyle mm-hmm. Weathers is another NASCAR driver, young guy. Um, he recently fit his car to have a Blue Lives Matter car. And yeah. his, um, you know, I'm trying to look for, but basically, his explanation is that he he has. Um, oh, I want to get the quote right. I'm trying to find his tweet. Uh, I can't find anywhere. But I, basically, he was saying. I think it's that a cousin he, or an uncle that's a firefighter. Oh yeah, he has he has he has uncles and aunts too. I think and he has uncles who are firefighters. Yeah, yeah. So basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, here's a tweet. He says, race day here in Miami, so special to call this weekend. A lot is going on in the world right now, and I wanted to express that most first responders are good people. Mm-hmm. That's facts. My uncle yeah. is a firefighter, and he would do anything to help save lives. Please repost love everyone. So show pictures of his 47 car, with the Blue Lives Matter uh, flat, uh, emblem on the hood, and the hashtag. Mm-hmm. Back to the blue car, and someone reached out to him. Uh, one guy tweeted to him. He's like, "It seems like people are choosing sides from the comments." So that, then why? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said that he says, "Quote: I support the black men and women in this country, and also support first responders." To which Kyle Weatherman replied, "Thanks, David. I, you know, this name, David Reagan." Uh, I absolutely, absolutely, I absolutely, I support the black men and women of this country, and also support all first responders. Also, and I think someone else said, "Can't you do both?" Um, as well, he's and, he, and, he, and Kyle Weatherman ends the, in this tweet with "Love everyone, prayer hands." I don't think Kyle Weatherman was being harmful. I don't think mm-hmm. he's coming from a bad place. Now, when I first saw, heard about this, about just the Blue Lives Matter flag, I'm thinking, dude, are you serious? Are you really, going, are you really doing this now? As soon as, like, soon as, like, soon after, like, again, a lot of his fellow drivers were having to awakening and being a supporter of, of black folks and, and the systemic racism, you come with that. But you, you, you saw it, you heard the tweet, you heard a response, 
you know, basically saying, can't we do both? Can we support the black men and women in this country and support all first responders? I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, dude's not wrong. But to me, I go back to that favorite, that word that starts with the letter O, optics. It's, mm-hmm. it's because it seems like, it seems like he's being insensitive. When he may not be insensitive, he's maybe just speaking from his heart, and that's fine too. That's fine too. Again, I don't sense, I don't believe in censoring. Be who you are, so I know who I'm dealing with. Exactly. I just think that even though he 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 did well with follow up with what he said about doing both, supporting black women, men, and women in this country, and supporting all force first responders also, because a lot of those are good people. Which again, he's speaking facts. I mean, uh, most first responders are great people. They do their jobs well. Mm-hmm. We just see too many of the bad ones. And too many of the good ones being silent beside the bad ones. You know, I, 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 just, think, I just think it's awkward. I don't think it's going to be bad. He's going to get bad press uh, um, this weekend. Like, not, well, not just, but, but going forward, it was I just think it was awkward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the optics, it could have been a little bit better. It could have been a little bit better. Yes, you're right. It, it 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 visually didn't look good. I mean, he he came back saying what he said, but once again, it doesn't look good, and the timing is a little insensitive. But you know what? God don't like ugly because he finished thirty fifth, and do you know why he finished thirty fifth? Hmm. His car caught on fire. The irony that your fireman wow. truck. Caught on fire during the race. God don't like ugly player. Don't. <laughs> don't. And I'm not laughing. Let's go that. Oh. Yeah, I said when I saw that man, I, I just <laughs> had to had to chuckle a little bit. I said, okay, so your you, you, blue lives matter uh, car that's uh, 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 honoring uh, first responders. Mainly, your, your, your uncle, who's a fireman, catches on fire. <sighs> you know, I mean, keep having love for everybody. I get you. I'm with you, player. But, yeah, you just appear to be tone deaf. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same with it's, it's, it's separate from the Drew Brees. Yes. I don't think, like Drew Brees, <laughs> I don't think this young man – Kyle Weatherman, I don't think he came from a bad place. I think no. he came from a rather tone place. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I think he's a good dude, but I think he was kind of clumsy when he came out with the Blue Lives Matter thing. Again, it's timing. It's all about timing and the optics. I know he feels what he feels, and God bless him. He seems, again, he sees from what he, how, he, how, he, how he expressed himself in his tweets after that, 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 that picture of, the, of his car came out. His race car came out. Mm-hmm. He was like a good, decent young man. But again, optics, brother. Just optics. Optics. Just optics. Again, you know, I'm not trying to change a man's mind on how he should feel. I'm not trying to tell him how he should feel. I'm just saying. No, optics. not at all. Optics. He can have those conversations with, with Bubba Wallace and other people uh, about that. But still, all about optics, man. There's a way of relaying your message without looking weird. Right. It just is. Perfect. You said it perfectly. 
You know, he could have said, you know, he could have put on his car, you know, uh, love for first responders. Shout out to first responders. Big up first responders. Bo, 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 first responders. You know, big up. You know, whatever. He could have done anything else other than Blue Lives Matter. Because that's that's what it is. Like you said before, it's, it's, it's more so a trigger, or it has been usually a response, to Black Lives Matter, but you right. know, hopefully, that's where it came. From. Hopefully, some, right. yeah. So you know, I, I I just hope that someone pulls on his his coat strings and says, "Hey, player, you may want to go ahead and and rethink how you send out your messaging. We respect your messaging, but rethink how you send it out." Right. Again, because like we both said, we both share a brain on this one. You know, at least like again. He, his, 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 I know his tone. I know his tone. His, again, it seems like his tone was not in a bad place. When he yeah. said Blue Lives Matter. He, he explained. He explained. He's mm-hmm. uncle. He says most first responders are good people. He supports black men and women of this country and does it supports all first responders as well. Love everyone. He said it twice. Totally get to do. I feel Again, it's a just about optics. It's mm-hmm. just about just the best because, again, of the, the meaning behind, the history behind Blue Lives Matter. Using that to use as a combatant, as we retort to Black Lives Matter. That's mm-hmm. how Blue Lives Matter was first. He sees it differently. He sees it from a different lens, not in a harmful lens like that. Again, seems like a good young man. I've been saying this over and over, but Seems like a good young man from reading his tweets and learning more about him. It's just, it's just how you relate. It's just, it's just the, the awkwardness of the message. It's the yes. awkwardness of the message. That, that's that's all I'm saying. But I, I wish the man, I wish the young man well. You know, I don't, I don't like seeing anyone caught on fire because that, that's life threatening. But and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But mm-hmm. like, but, but but still, he needs to be just. And the other people, what other fellow white brothers and sisters, uh, other white brothers and sisters out there, it just just reconsider, just reconsider what you're trying to say and how you deliver your message. Again, I'm not trying to tell y'all how to think. You are who you no. are. I respect. I, I prefer you to be your authentic, true, authentic self. But just try. If you're going to make speak, make some big messages like that, at least be a little cautious, and at least have your ear to the ground when doing so. That that's always I think that's always saying. Nothing against Kyle Weatherman. We're not crowning no. him per se, like they're Gundy. He, now Gundy deserves it. Still deserves it. But still, it's all about <laughs> he's a he's a man, he's fifty. Him. He deserves it. Yeah, he's he an it. With a mullet, my yeah. dad. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um let's touch NBA right like uh, right quick. So moving from that spectrum from the social issues to kind of, which kind of same with the old socials, but we're, but we're moving towards in the other direction. The NBA players, like, there's now concerns about <clears throat> playing in the bubble, staying in the bubble, so to speak, in Orlando at the Disney World Resorts. Apparently, they were still for having family there and other, like, staff, whatever, like, until, like, the second round of playoffs, I guess, when there were less teams involved. And apparently they can't bring friends or agents 
into the uh, into the reservation, if you will, um, and to the point where you can't bring girlfriends. So <laughs> it'd be so the matter they can't get the freak on. <laughs> but I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't still talking like that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, you had Kyrie Irving. Who ain't playing anyway? Saying that he's against the people coming back to play, players coming back to play. Apparently, had garnered some support on the conference call with some players, a bunch of players looking out for the rank and file of the players and their health and well-being. Blah blah blah. Uh, like uh, Damian Lillard saying on television that, or in the season, I think on a podcast, on an interview, saying that he he sees both sides of Kyrie want to stay away and want to like uh not only the not only for health and safety reasons but to in afraid being afraid that they may be dilute like drowning out the message of the Black Lives Matter movie and this on these pro- recent protests of police brutality. They want to strike while the iron's hot and not be an impediment. That's what Kyrie is coming from. Where Kyrie is coming from. Like LeBron and company, they want to play. They said they want to mm-hmm. play. They want to and they in the NBA, Adam Silver, wanted to like honor the Black Lives Matter movie. I think that's told about told about wearing patches on under a jersey that says BLM. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's it's kind of murky now. It, it went all it went all from it was like we we went from okay cool everybody's coming coming back like July thirty first have a little bit of training camp have like a, a round robin. For the eighth and ninth, for the for the for like for like for the eighth seed, and then plus both conferences, blah blah blah. Um, but it went from that being a sure thing to being kind of murky. I still think they're gonna we're gonna have a a, see, a finish finish of the season. I still think we're gonna have the playoffs and the finals. It will totally suck if we don't. I love the NBA. You love the NBA. I want my we want our live sports back. God damn it. Um, so. <laughs> You know they've been taking their, their, their steps have been taken to make that happen, but do you do you, does this give you cause to pause as to should the NBA start up and to risk diluting the message of police of protests against police brutality? What will you come out on that? Now I have mixed feelings about that. Um, like I understand where Kyrie is coming from. <laughs> In terms of wanting this this message to stay strong until we have a resolution to a lot of the things that 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 are causing issues within the black community as it, as it deals or as it pertains with the, with the uh, the social issues, I completely understand mm-hmm. that. I do, but I'm gonna need you to stick to your guns. You you either are doing this because of health issues, or you're doing it. Because of the black of, of, of this current climate in, in terms of dealing with police brutality, mm-hmm. which one is it? Now, right. yeah, it can be both, but it just seems to be two ends of the spectrum, though, to me. Because it's like, okay, I don't want to play because of my health, but since this is going on too, I don't th- I don't want to interrupt that either. Uh, right. Yeah, it, it just seems weird, especially coming from a player who's not playing this season. 
if it was anyone else who had been playing for the majority of the season, and by the fact, we didn't even know whether or not Kyrie was looking to come back before the end of the year to participate. He didn't even make that known. So, so Kyrie, are you telling me that you were going to come back and play, but now you're not because of this? But, you know, oh, God, I'm just – I, I just I just find this, this the timing of this thing to be very weird, but um, yeah. I, I forget it was um, Patrick Beverly. Beverly said the best. You know I'm, yeah. I'm following LeBron lead. If LeBron coming back, we coming back. And I got a strange feeling that the rest of the league is feeling the same way. So, you know, Kyrie just has this whole, you know follow the beat of my own drum type deal in terms of him wanting the reasons why why he wanted to leave Cleveland and then going to uh, uh, Boston and then getting to Boston and then being unhappy there and then getting to Brooklyn and drawing KD to play alongside you and all, you're also a flat earther and all this other stuff. That's him. But once again, he's, yeah. he's coming up with two things. There are legit reasons on why you would want to sit out. But my my question is, if you think you're interrupting the message now, were you interrupting the message when Eric Garner died and you guys came out with the I Can't Breathe t-shirt? Which one is it? I mean, if if, if that's the case, I would like for you to at least come out and say that. Say, you know what? I didn't like the way that we did things back in 2016. I want to go ahead and make things right and, and allow this to bleed. Cool. But, my God, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be selfish and say, let the players play. Don't ruin this for me because I want to watch it. Hey, if they want to sit out, let them sit out. I'm not going to be angry if that, those are the reasons why they want to sit out. It, it just seems kind of weird that, now, these are the two reasons why you're willing to sit out. But uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that it's going to affect uh, whatever the NBA is going to do within the next um, month, month and a half. Yeah, I, I still don't have a finish a conclusion of the season. I, yeah. I, I, I think that they're going to get it done, and so I ain't worried about it. <laughs> I'm not too worried. It's about just, it. it's just it's weird. It's just, it's, it's, it's. it's it's interestingly weird because, of course, it's going to it's, – it's, it's something that could potentially affect the NBA season, and we have to kind of keep our eyes on it. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it will. I don't believe that it will. Yeah, I, I think so, too. So, on that note, we're going to conclude the podcast with talking with something that's near and dear to our hearts, HBCU Sports. Now, I know yes. the question is, it's like, yo, clown boy. Why is your boy? Why your boy? Why your boy? Why why are your boy D Nash on my HBCU sports at this time of, in the in middle of the summer? What's up? Say what's up. We, for those of you who pay, for those folks who've been paying attention to HBCU sports, they notice that there's some serious, and I do mean serious, conference realignment going on. Well, not conference realignment, mm-hmm. yeah, conference realignment going on. Like. First of all, I saw uh, maybe two was it two seasons ago when Hampton announced that they would be leaving the MEAC, the Mid the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference, to join the Big South Conference. 
to be with the likes of 2018, Camel, yeah. 2018, right. Uh, with Campbell University, uh, uh, USC, Asheville for basketball. But, um, uh, you know, Radford, you, Charleston I think Southern, that, Presbyterian, Gardner-Wells. Yeah. But they have a pretty damn decent basketball league, I must add. They do. Um, they do. Yeah, they have a damn good basketball league. Uh, yeah, but they're basically they're, their footprint is mostly the Big South footprint is mostly the Carolinas and, and Virginia, with Mama mm-hmm. being an outlier. Um, and I Mama, think Kennesaw State, State and, and uh, North Alabama. Yeah. But, right, and, North Alabama. And Robert North Morris. And Robert Morris wow. as, oh, of, as of Monday, yes. Robert Morris, oh, um, wow. they Remember. left – I, I, I I, forget, I think it was within the Northeast, but what they decided to do was they joined the Big South as a football um, pro uh, as a football team. But their football team is joining yeah, the Big South, and the rest of their athletics okay. will be joining the Horizon League. Well, my yes. boys from Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that, those. That's the only, and that's not really a bad trip. Um, like as far as the core of the league from the Carolina Virginia to. Pittsburgh. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so A&T is going to make that move. Well, A&T also going to make that move next season. Um, mm-hmm. This, this season is going to be the last DAC. So, yes. and the one more thing, the, that hated rival in the South, which ironically has many family ties on the mother side of the family, Florida A&M University, or FAMU, as we love to call them, they're going to be, they're going to be moving to the SWAC. Southwestern Athletic Conference. I think next season, if I'm not if, if I'm not mistaken, as well. That is correct. So yes. that will that will leave the MEAC, I think, with nine football playing schools. No, it if will be I, seven. I, oh, just seven. Oh, wow. If, if, let me make well, sure I do the math off the top of my head. Um, Bethune yeah. Cookman, South Carolina State, right. North Carolina Central, Norfolk State, Howard. Delaware State, Morgan State, seven. Wow. Wow. So this caused me to wonder, and my cousin, my first cousin, Rick Lucas, he, he's been on this uh, HBC Sports as well. We've been mm-hmm. trying to dig into what's going to happen to the MIAC. <laughs> you got only mm-hmm. seven, seven football playing schools in the MIAC. What, what the hell is going to happen to it? This, this conference goes back to 1970, I think. Um, nineteen seventy. So, God, I can't get the, the right year off the top of my head, but yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's a, about forty fifty years. Yeah, yeah. So it's older than I am. I was born nineteen seventy three, so I know it's older than I am. So, um, yeah. yeah. So with me, with A T, being among the founders of the MIAC. Um, so, so the question is. And I saw this article on HBCU Game Day that's near and dear to your heart, HBCUGameDay.com, about possible HBCU conference realignment proposals. Whether you yes. see the CIA or CIAC Super Conference, you see a new conference altogether, what the hell is going to happen to the MIAC, all that stuff. So I've been scamming through, through all the scenarios. You pretty much know every scenario. I think there were like three mm-hmm. or four scenarios. My favorite scenario being the first one, where you have an 18 or a 14 football team CIAA 
Well, so MEAC schools moving to D1 PWI leagues. So what do you mean by that? Well, this proposal that Bethune Cookman, currently of the MEAC, would be moved would be would be moving to the Atlantic Sun because the Atlantic Sun is a Florida centric centric conference. Mm-hmm. South Carolina State and North North Carolina Central joined the Big South to be with this anti Howard and a host of others, and Howard possibly joining the Patriot League. So basically, those would be the, in that proposal. Those one, two, three, four schools from the MEAC would be joining PWI conferences. Howard, the Patriot League will, would actually make a lot of how because it's northeast centric, and they mm-hmm. to face Georgetown in football as far as a football playing school, even though obviously Georgetown plays basketball in the Big East, but Georgetown plays his football in the Patriot League. Um, yes. That would be a one hell of a cross-D.C. robbery. Um, and also, um, you know, it goes to the, in the uh, like I said, Bethune-Cookman Atlantic Sun Conference due to the Florida heavy membership that would save tremendously on travel costs mm-hmm. and probably increase exposure in that part of the country. Um, you know, you know, and, and also, you know, like I said, you know, um, Patrick Lee being North e- all Northeastern private institution makeup, and and plus, and plus, to be for a competitive standpoint, it's limited to non-scholarship sports format. So it's not like a big, big, big powerhouse. Even though it's not bad, it's not bad basketball league. It's is an underrated football league as well, FCS football league as well. But yes. That would be as far as the, the, the schools going to PWI conferences. It also calls for the remaining five MEAC schools, Delaware State, Copper State, Eastern Shore, Maryland Eastern Shore, Morgan State, and Norfolk State to drop back down to Division Two and rejoin the meet the, the I'm sorry, re- rejoin the Seattle Bay. Mm-hmm. And so basically yeah, so that would so so that would like allow us to break into two Big divisions, right? So those five MEAC schools are all in the like northern part, right? So five of them, there was State, Cobb State, Eastern Shore, Morgan State would pretty much join like the Mid Atlantic region, where two double two CAWA members also reside. That's Lincoln, of course, and Blue State. So you have that there, probably in the northern division, and have like Norfolk State be in the southern divisions. Uh, with Virginia Union, Virginia State, so which would be interesting, which would be interesting. Now that would mean that Shawan, Ch- 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, Shawan. Oh, Shawan. Would drop yes. from would be, would be drop would be dropped from associate members in football, so that the Seattle Bay would be even at 15 schools. Now whether that would be would happen or not, they probably would stay. But at any rate, so that's that's my favorite proposal. Because to me it makes too much sense from a geographic standpoint. So, and but either way, it will cause it will cause for the demise of the MEAC. So, what are your thoughts yes. on the first proposal? Um, I find it interesting. Um, it, it is it, it is just that a, a, a theory. Um, my, my my thing is this, right? Um. First and foremost, the MEAC is in trouble, right? Yeah. You know, they, they've lost 
North Carolina A&T, Florida A&M, Savannah State, and Hampton within the past two years. Four yep. programs in the fact in the past two years. You have three of them leaving. Well, actually, all four basically leaving for financial issues. Um, Savannah State couldn't couldn't continue to have a budget on the D1 level, so they dropped down to D2. Um, Florida A&M, North Carolina A&T, and Hampton all brought up the issue of reduced costs on travel, and that, that was a, a huge influence on why they decided to move. Another thing that was brought up in terms of why um, <clears throat> at least one of these schools has decided to leave is the level of competition that they'll be facing. Um, right. Uh, uh, President Harvey over at um, at Hampton straight up said, "We want to play against better competition, and yep. there's better comp in the Mid South. And you know they they do have a very lucrative television deal that that does help with the right. exposure of the university. Um, something that exactly. the CIA does not have. Another thing that Ford and them actually put within their proposal in terms of why they were leaving." is because of the financial autonomy that they, that they will have that they don't have currently in the MEAC. You know, they, they're capable of being in, in control of their multimedia contracts and sponsorship deals, something that they can't do in the MEAC. Um, they also have that big money game against Southern that now they will end up having annually. So, Mm-hmm. And, and and they also talk about um, brand awareness that is greater in in the uh, the, the swag than it is in the MEAC. Um, that's up for debate, depending upon who you are. Because I know if you're a swag person, you'll say one way. If you're a MEAC person, you'll say another. But um, yeah, the, if, if you are a MEAC fan right now and you're not concerned about what's going on within that conference, you must be blind to what's going on right now. And you also have to take into consideration the financial issues that both Bethune-Cookman and South Carolina State have been facing over the past couple of seasons. Tack on the accreditation issue that Bethune-Cookman was facing as well. Now, with all Mm. of that said, I'm not necessarily going to give out who I think will end up going well, where, because I'm actually also writing an article right currently on the downfall of the MEAC and what they could potentially do. But what I will do is bring these points up for you to think about. With the mm-hmm. addition of Florida A&M to the SWAC, that now means that they have 11 programs. 11, odd number. It would be better if they were even, right? Right, and, and the SWAC is open to adding another school. But I'm just saying, uh, and and there's schools out there to be had, not just within the MEAC, but also Tennessee State, which is also a dream situation. Now, the whole concept of super conferences within the HBCU realm has been discussed over the past couple of years, especially as economics has become a thing. Um, they would right. love to see Tennessee State come back into the fold of HBC, well, come into the fold of HBCUs, conferences, and participate. Um, 
and there's also discussion on, on, on whether or not um, the D2 conferences, uh, the CAC and the CIAA, like you said, end up becoming super conferences mm-hmm. because there is a conference in the Division Two level that That's currently one. has about 16 yeah. teams currently in it themselves. So that wouldn't be new mm-hmm. on the D2 level. Um, but, yeah, the SWAC, I know that they're looking to add. Um, could the MIAC potentially add? That was another thing that has been brought up. Um, one of the things is how would they add? That means they would either have to go after um, PWIs that are on the FCS level, but that mm-hmm. means they would also have to be attractive in doing so, i.e. having a TV deal because that, and I'm doing this in air quotes, television deal that they have with ESPN is horrible in comparison to mm-hmm. other FCS conferences. As a matter of fact, in comparison to all of the other FCS level uh, uh, conferences, it is horrible. Right. So they would need to step that up in order to be attractive to other PWIs. Now, the Celebration Bowl might be enticing to a team, especially a team that doesn't necessarily make the playoffs often. You know, that money, uh, 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 that potential of going to the Celebration Bowl and getting that money might be there. But, once again, there are people who believe that the Celebration Bowl is in trouble with this being their last year coming up within that current contract with ESPN. This pandemic is going to end up ruining a lot of things, man, but that's another conversation for another time. So, like I said, do they go after a a PWI that's on the FCS level? Do they attempt to attract D2 programs to come up, potentially programs within the CIAA? But if you do that, that means that program is going to have to wait at least three years before they're capable of making the move upward to the FCS level. So that's going to take time, time that I don't know if necessarily the MIAC has. With that said, I was going to say, with that said, the remaining members of the MIAC uh, if they can't bring anyone in, and they and the MIAC claims that they're always looking for new members, they can't bring nobody in. That means they're going to have to disband. And does that yeah. mean that some of those programs are going to have to move down to the D two level? Yes. Yeah. Does that mean so. that some I of those so. uh, programs are going to have to go to other conferences that aren't HBCU conferences? Yes. So it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> to see how that pans out, especially with those mid-Atlantic schools, your Howards, your Morgan State, your your, uh, Maryland Eastern Shores and Delaware State, because, of course, they're not in a spot if they want to stay on the D1 level to move over to the SWAC because they're way too far away, meaning that they would have to, yes, they would have to join a PWI conference. And which ones would those be? I have no idea. Um, same thing could be said about South Carolina State. They're in a spot where they're too far away for the SWAC, and they would also have to join potentially a, a PWI conference if they choose to stay on the FCS level. So these are all things that need to be taken into consideration. And the shadow in the room, 
that a lot of people don't know about is the fact that the Atlantic Sun, right now as we speak, are exploring the concept of having a 20-team conference, basically two conferences in one where they have the A-Sun come join them and the football programs participate in the A-Sun, meaning the two programs from the, the Big South right now, Kennesaw State and, and North Alabama, would potentially go back to the A-Sun and have eight other programs join them for football, and then they come together with this other conference that that that, that the um, I forget what that conference is that that that's that's doing this. I think it's the CSUN or something like that. They will come together with them and have this twenty-team league where they would play against each other in what is considered to be Olympic sports. That's your basketballs, your tennis, mm-hmm. your volleyballs, and etc. But yeah, mm. this 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 thing ain't done. This thing ain't done. And then there's a big secret that I can't say right now that the HBCU <laughs> world, if they're not cognizant right now, is really going to topple a lot of things in the near future, and, and <laughs> it's going to send some program scrambling soon if Dennis Thomas can't get things right going in the MEAC right now. Well, I'm looking at this map, man. One of these uh-huh. maps, yeah. One of these maps where it has like travel, like you know, like like uh, like 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 having like amount of travel like some of these schools, like say like Howard and mm-hmm. the uh, Independent State, A&T, Hampton, possibly South Carolina State, and 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 Central North Carolina Central in the Big South. How mm-hmm. travel. Not as bad. Say this on the swag. I was thinking about this with the swag when you mentioned they could be making some moves, which I I totally agree. They, and I I don't think they'll stop at twelve. I think they're mm-hmm. going to go to fourteen. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they go to fourteen. But uh, the swag for people who don't know, it's like the Black SEC. Yeah, that's that's why I think of the swag, the Black SEC. Um, the football is huge. I mean. Freaking huge, good sized crowds for the most part at games, and they they they, they actually have the best attendance on the FCS level for the past couple of years now. It's not and it's not even close. There you go. That's all of FCS. So there you go. Um, so again, this is a big deal. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking I wouldn't be surprised if you've mentioned travel. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see it. It's to ski. I don't know what this financial situation is. You probably know far more than I do. Like a school like Tuskegee, mm-hmm. maybe maybe enticed by them. Hell, they're 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 in uh they're in rural Alabama, I think. And um, yeah, they're in rural Alabama. That's close to a lot mm-hmm. of the swag schools. Um, yes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if. If the Dune Cookman gets the shit together financially, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to make the the, the leap. Um, you know, but I, I don't think they. I don't know if they will or not, because they're on the other side of the state of Florida. Florida's a big ass state. Um, so I, 
I, I, I don't know if they will join FAMU or not, but I wouldn't be surprised to your point about Tennessee State if they decide to go back home mm-hmm. and, and get back into get into an HBCU conference. Um, but I mean, so many, so many ideas, man. Um, and I don't know, I don't know the other SEAC schools on my head, but you know, Savannah State doesn't have the money, you know, the resource to 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 do so. I don't think. To your point, uh, Tuskegee has been flirting around with the option of moving up to the SCS level for years now. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how serious that they are with it now, but it's something that could be considered. Speaking of flirting around with things, the possibility, and this is a far, far, far-fetched, possibility, even though it's still there, the potential of dormant pro- football programs coming back. And I'm, I'm mm. hint, hint, Eastern Shore and Coffin could be something that mm. could be into this mix as well. Coffin State has had a football club, as has Eastern Shore. I know that Eastern Shore kind of tabled the concept of bringing back the football program back in 2014, but that university president is now gone. They have a new one. And if they get the funding, it's a possibility. And if they're coerced enough by the commissioner, uh, Thomas, to to come back, I don't know if that's going to be a possibility, though, but it's something that could be uh, debated around as well if they can get the funding. But, yeah, in, in terms of moving, it's it's going to be interesting to see because there's so many different scenarios of what could be done. It's it's hard to pinpoint what exactly will be done. But there are a lot of things that sound great in theory. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I just I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just very. This is going to be a very interesting time for HBCUs, man. And that's that's another podcast to end up. So we could spend our entire podcast on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just know out of all of this speculation, the the the, the realest thing that I know out of, outside of it is the MIAC is in trouble. The yeah. MIAC is in trouble. So, yeah. and it's unfortunate, but it, it is it's what it is. Regard, but uh, yeah. So you know what? We can. This is a good way to end the program because we can segue to this next week. Uh, I don't. I, I'm maybe thinking about bringing other cats on. Cats we both know, like a guy Previn Taylor, maybe yes. a couple, of, a couple mm-hmm. other cats uh, to talk about this because this is a pivotal moment for HBCU athletics. Should you have three, no, two, two of your prominent programs go to join in PWI conferences for financial reasons and competitive reasons? Um, and then another one going to a rival, joining a rival HBCU league that's the most popular HBCU league, HBCU football league, as well as you, you said earlier, highest attended football programs in the all mm-hmm. of FCS. So that's like that. You're talking about uh, uh, North Dakota State's in the other world, South Dakota mm-hmm. State's in the world, James Madison's of the world. You know, on that part, I'm not greater than that. So. That's a huge appeal for some of these HBCUs as well. It's not SWAC. So I expect the SWAC to make some major noise in the next few years. Yeah. Not even five years. 
I expect them to make some major noise and major moves because if they plan this shit out right and it looks like this, I mean, they're only getting stronger because FAMU's coming back. FAMU's mm-hmm. going there, joining. So imagine it's probably like FAMU to go along with Southern, Grambling, uh, 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 Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Alcorn State, Jackson State. These are brand names yeah. in HBCU athletics. And they're known to college, college sports fans in general. People know about FAMU, at least the bands, but people know about FAMU, Southern and Grambling. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that Steve, Steve McNair, rest in peace, went to Alcorn State. They know that Jerry Rice went to Mississippi College State. Mm-hmm. These are brands. Yes. There's a bigger brand, Grambling and Southern, but now you got another big brand at FAMU with, and FAMU joining three big brands in one conference. I don't care if it is HBCU conference or not. That's three big brands and FCS. Yes. It's only going to get better. <laughs> the swag is showing out right now. <laughs> it's only going to I'll get better. I'll say this. So, uh, yeah. Commissioner McClellan has been doing the thing since being brought yeah. over to the conference. He had the bright idea to go ahead and stop having the football conference, the football championship game at a neutral site and move it to the home stadium of the team with the best record within the conference. And because of it, those two teams split a whole lots of monies. And look yeah. at it like this. They split that money, and the winner of said game gets that split of the Celebration Bowl money. So that's a whole mm-hmm. lot of money. So if you're the home team who gets a bigger cut in that SWAT championship game and you win and go to Celebration Bowl, you walk away with a whole lot of money. Something that, for whatever reason, still boggles my mind why the MEAC has decided not to do it. And the reasons that I've been given have been horrible on why they, they thought the that they couldn't do a conference game. They say it's legit, but in my eyes, it doesn't even make sense, dude. So, uh, once again, uh, I, I, I've said it when it comes to a lot of things in life. If the blueprint right. exists, copy it. And for whatever yeah. reason... Several blueprints are out there to be copied by the MIAC, and they have decided to do nothing at this point. And it's, it shows, and it's going to end up affecting them at the conference. Yeah. And we'll get into more of that next week. That's a good way to end the program. So, as always, man, you did your thing. We'll talk about this shit next week. Probably have some, uh, uh, some other cats on the program with us as well. So, Barring any other major shit of major, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna center we're gonna still center that up. It'll still be centerpiece. Still, we'll touch on that as well. So someone else put this with us now. So, all right, man. Until next week, I'm with. Brother. Until next week, man. That'll be great, man. All right, holla. That's my guy D Nash. Check him out on Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live we two tonight. Sports, sports, for all the yards, such as HBCU Sports, we wrap about all things, HBCU Sports, and HeroSports.com. This has been a great podcast. I hope you'll have a great, greater one next week, but thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. This is Scott Burke. 
the Clown Hour. And I know, old six. Peace.